Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to Doing It at Home. It's the last episode of 2021. Whew, if you can believe it. All right. So bye 2021 and hello 2022. Cannot believe it. Yet here we are, y'all. So last episode of the year is a fan favorite, a doing it at home classic, if you will. One of the top episodes of 2020. So thank you so much for being with us this year, wherever you found us. If you've been with us for many years, just want to say thank you. Happy New Year to you. Happy holidays to you. Make sure you're subscribed to the show. Make sure you're following us on all the places that you can. Make sure you're signed up for our email newsletter. Make sure you check out the Doing It At Home book available on Amazon and all the Doing It At Home swag. And if you would like to give back this holiday season or in preparation for a new year, if you would like to contribute to the Doing It At Home space and allow us to continue to do what we do, keep the show running, create more awesome resources and spaces for empowering home birth conversation, for parents to feel confident, excited, and prepared for home birth and beyond, you can do that as well. We graciously receive whatever gifts you have to offer offer to this space if it has been of any value to you and you feel that inspiration to give back we we thank you we thank you in advance okay enjoy this episode and we will see you in 2022 hey i'm sarah bivens and i'm matthew bivens and this is the doing it at home podcast the only podcast dedicated to empowering loving and honest conversations around home birth what started as a fun way for us to document our own home birth journey has turned into a platform for sharing birth stories, resources, and education with the goal of empowering mamas and families to make the birth decisions that work best for them. Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood. All right. You ready, babe? Yep. Let's do it, mama. Welcome back to Doing It At Home. We're so happy to have you here from myself and Matthew and Maya, our home birth baby. We are so grateful to you for being here, for listening, and we're so grateful to every single one of our guests from the birth stories to the experts and the thought leaders who have brought their energy to this space to create this big, ball of magic is just so incredible. So huge thank you, first of all. And, you know, fun fact behind the scenes of doing it at home and the process of creating the whole podcast, which there is a nice section of that in the upcoming doing it at home book, the creation of the show or the idea came from, which we've talked about a little bit 
on the podcast, but just so you get that full kind of walkthrough and you can be there and envision how it was all going down. Anyway, the book's coming, by the way, so make sure you are subscribed and following us everywhere you can, our social media, our website, our mailing list. Go to those links in the show notes and just make sure that you are there so you can be kept abreast of all of the updates. But anyway, the name, Doing It at Home, it I wish I could tell you it was this, <laughs> it was this deep eloquent, sophisticated thing, but we were just sitting there and we had no idea what to call this thing. And this thing, by the way, back then was just us sitting down in our bed with a handheld recorder in between us and talking about our own experience of planning and preparing for our home birth. You know, we got the question, which is a very common question for any pregnant human and or, you know, family preparing for a baby, where are you going to have the baby. And by that, they usually mean what hospital or so it's even sometimes what hospital are you going to give birth? And so, you know, where are you going to give birth? Well, we're doing it at home. That's just what we would say. And and I, that phrase was common for us. And so as this response to where are you going to have your baby, we're going to do it at home. And so there you have it. It was doing it at home. And that's what we landed on. That's what we rolled with. And that's what resonated. And so here we are three plus years later, we're still doing it and we're still doing it at home and supporting all you in doing it at home. So there you go. Some fun facts for you of the day. If you are doing it at home and you are new to doing it at home, so let's say you're maybe you're still considering, you know, your options. You could be preconception and looking at what your birthing options are. We love that over here, by the way. So maybe you're doing that. Maybe you are pregnant, newly pregnant, and still kind of weighing out the options. You're looking at the hospital, you're looking at a birthing center, you're thinking about home birth, or you could be somewhere long longer term in your pregnancy and have shifted from some other model or some other care provider and are now having a home birth. So new, new to home birth as a possibility, as a concept. We put together a resource for you on our website. So if you go to diahpodcast.com slash new, N-E-W, and I'll put a link to that in today's show notes. If you go there, we have pulled together for you a number of home birth stories that are examples of switching care in the middle of pregnancy, you know, just to hear how it's been done and how others have done it at different stages and in different circumstances and different points of life. And then we've also pulled our conversations from our planning to have a home birth, which by the way, we are under the category of switched to home birth in the middle of our pregnancy around 18 weeks, actually. So that's us too. It was completely new to us. So you get to hear our conversations of working through it in real time. And these are podcast episodes from back in the day. But again, if you are new to the show, even you might not have come across these episodes yet. So they're all there for you on that page. We put them in one place so that you can locate them and listen to them right there from the page if you want. Or you could go into whatever podcast player you use and, you know, play it because you now know the number because you saw it on the page. There you have it. And we put that together for you. Okay. Let's get into the birth story. So if you are pregnant and planning for your birth right now, what's your biggest focus right now when it comes to your birth? I know there's there's a lot, right? As you prepare for your home birth, there are obviously many factors and considerations. Well, are you truly allowing yourself to envision the success of the experience, whatever that looks like for you? That's a theme that comes up in today's conversation. Our guest, Angela Potts-Manganda, 
walks us through her home birth journey from first starting with hospital care. So there you go. Another example of that. Then shifting care providers two more times with some twists and turns in there, uh, you know, ranging from the financial costs, where the birth would take place, all of that, and dealing with the label of a quote unquote, I'm air quoting as I say this, geriatric pregnancy to be pregnant and expecting your first child at the age of 38. And then we also discuss healing the expectation of how your partner shows up in the birth process, as well as how to lean into that vision of success of your ideal birth, because that was a big thing that came up for Angela. It's a really beautiful conversation. Quick word from our sponsor, and then we will hear from Angela. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, Angela. How are you? I'm awesome. Thank you. So happy to be here. We are so happy to have you here. <laughs> Thank you for carving out time to hang out with us, Angela. Oh, man. Such a pleasure. That's great. Angela, why don't you kick us off with just telling us a little bit about yourself and your family? Sure. So, yes, my name is Angela, full name Potts Manganda. Um, and my family is uh, the three of us. So it's my husband, Crispin, and our daughter, Justine, who is just about to turn 18 months old. And so we live in Rhode Island and we've been here about five years. And uh, my husband joined us from his home country, Malawi, uh, where we met in the Peace Corps. And so we've been here for about, yeah, five years together. This is our five-year wedding anniversary we're coming up upon. Nice. And uh, yeah, so yeah, having a great time exploring the growth of adding a baby to a yeah. marriage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very so well weird. put. Yes, yes, that is well put. Yeah. What, so, uh, yeah, so that's us. Nice. Very cool. So what's what's Justine's latest cool trick that she's doing right now? <laughs> okay, latest cool trick. Mm, she's starting to say a lot more words right now. So mm. it's just funny to hear her kind of parrot me. And now she'll do like, oh, man. <gasps> and oh, jeez. And she throws, throws her head back like, oh, jeez. Um Oh, that's so this great. Is, you know, this is where it's like, oh, yeah. She, and she's, you know, she's totally watching what I'm doing. She hears everything and she's moldable. And but these kind of little moments where she's kind of parroting my, you know, my slang, mm -hmm. my lingo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so too cute. funny. Oh, geez. Yep. I like ah, that. Geez. I like that. Little back. emotions and stuff, too. And they put their own yeah. spin on it. It's so great. Uh, awesome. So tell us, Angela, how home birth 
became a thing for you? How did that enter into your world? I know I'm actually asking myself this question right now. <laughs> I, I feel like it was almost like a seed planted that that, that was just felt natural to me, mm. even though, um, you know, as my birth experience unfolded from pregnancy to, uh, I actually didn't know I would have a home birth, but I didn't, I was actually started out in the hospital. So my first, uh, appointment in the hospital where they did a very long questionnaire, they said at the very end, do you have any questions? And I had known that this facility near my home had midwives. So the only question I asked there was, do you guys facilitate home births? Mm. <laughs> and because mm. so right there, I, I, I did feel like that felt more like me, but I had no exposure to it at all. Nobody in my family. Um, and kind of going back a little bit, I wasn't sure I would get pregnant. So I didn't go that far ahead. Mm. And, but there I was at the hospital with my one question, do you facilitate home births? And then the girl's response, I call her a girl. She felt younger than me, but the, you know, the, the nurse's response was no. And not many people do that anymore. Mm. And I was like, mm, okay. Um, so there I was. And actually, as I was kind of thinking about all of this, um, I feel like one of the biggest takeaways was that I didn't plan for my success. So I hadn't planned a home birth from the beginning. I was focused on getting pregnant was my big, that was the goal. That was the big, almost felt at, at a moment, unachievable goal or unknown. So, but home birth must've been planted in me. It must've been something that was already there. And I was uncovering it. So, so that's how I can respond to that question. That's really neat. I yeah. like how you said that though, something to uncover. So what was that uncovering process like? So you were at a yeah. hospital, you go through the questionnaire, and then how okay. did time and the experience evolve through your pregnancy? Okay, great question. So uh, then I go through a couple appointments at the hospital and, you know, it's very much kind of like poke, poke, <laughs> look here, look there. But I, and so I had selected one of the midwives because you could kind of look at all the, the personnel and, and pick who you wanted to have appointments with. But you were encouraged to have appointments with several people because you weren't going to know who would be there on day of birth. Sure. So I picked this woman and I'm kind of trying to jive with her. I'm trying to like make this relationship like, okay we're going to kind of love each other right? or something, you know, I was just like hmm. trying to see how that was going to go. But, um, I didn't really feel like that was happening, but I was just open-minded. And, and at that point, um, actually the cool thing to bring into this is the woman who ended up being my doula, um, is a great friend of mine. Uh, we're in spiritual community together. So what I didn't say in my intro is that I'm a spiritual counselor and I work for an online uh, spiritual ministry. And I joined that when I was back in Africa in 2013. And at the same time I joined this community, so did this woman, Karen. And she was living in Oklahoma City. I'm in Zambia. And we joined the same community. And fast forward, 
to like 2017, we end up living in the same town. And then she's a doula and I'm now pregnant. And she's so excited I'm pregnant. She, you know, we're friends. So she knows about this. I'm kind of talking about it in my spiritual community classes. And my whole community is like, woo, you did it. Because there was a lot of hurdles to get to that point. And so as I'm telling her I'm going to the hospital and I'm kind of at these early stages of pregnancy, she's so wanting <laughs> to grab me out of the hospital track mm. and pull me into the home birth track. But she's trying to respect me and my process. And one day I'm sitting at her dining room table with her amazing husband, who's also in the community. And, you know, they're retired. They're in their 70s. But they're like this amazing they do the Camino every year. They're just so amazing people. So I'm sitting there and I'm saying to them, I'm, I'm at the hospital and my feeling is um, I want to befriend everyone there. Like I want to make friends with this. I'm trying not to judge this. I'm trying to make friends with this because I'm not sure my family can afford a home birth really. And I'm not sure I want to burden my family with that when this hospital facility is like one top in the country. So my first positioning was, let me befriend this. Let me not make this wrong or bad. And she's sitting there because our spiritual community is based in A Course in Miracles, which is totally based uh, in releasing fear yeah. and not living from a fearful standpoint and knowing that we're one with everything. So I'm like, okay, I will bring the oneness to the hospital, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and, but there I am like really, um, just really at this beautiful, like my little bud is just starting to open because I'm like trying my best to stay open and not, so I don't set myself up for disappointment in any way. Um, that was my positioning in the beginning. And so one day at their dining room table when I kind of revealed like I'm making friends with them I don't think I have other choices they say to me we would pay for your home birth so then I'm like in tears receiving my first miracle and it's like flooding through my body and I'm like oh my god I'm supported by the universe you know and like (laughs) they're in tears I'm in tears they're like we just sold a house um we'd love to give you the money you need Because I, at that point, and forgive me for not the perfect timeline, but at that point I had looked, I had taken one step to look like about home birth um, in Rhode Island Mm. and who's available and who's offering this. And I found one um, group of midwives and I think I had done a consultation with them. I just showed up. And so there I am, uh, showed up at their place, but still open, not sure if I'm going to be able to or choose this and I go from the hospital to like a home setting like in the woods and relaxed and chill and nice women and a couch and like a little bit homier and then but I didn't have know if I had the funds so I just wasn't sure and then they say we'll give you the funds so now I'm like oh my god so now I take a step toward my ideal, but I, and then I think at that point, I actually sat down and wrote my ideal birth. Mm. What would it be? But it was so sweet to kind of watch myself, not know if I would be like at that point in my kind of manifestation capacity, 
I just withheld my desire, um, not knowing if it would come to fruition and not wanting to set myself up for disappointment. And actually that was the very same thing with my pregnancy. Um, so here I am. Okay. So I take a step. Um, I'm supported. Oh my God, miracle. And then I take, I, I go through my next set of appointments with these midwives and get to know them and start talking about home birth. Um, meanwhile, my husband is kind of like, you know, his, he's from an African culture. Uh, at this point in time, home births are not common in Malawi. I, I think the medical model is just like landing there and, um, you know, and now they're working through the medical model mostly. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, huh, what do I have? I don't know. I don't want to, you know what he said first? <laughs> now that I remember. <laughs> okay. So he says, I don't want to clean it up. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> hold on. It's not like you're the janitor. Okay. Right. Okay. So here I am, you know, this is a sign that this is new to our whole, uh, both of us, really. Yeah. He thinks he's got to have a mop. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm not sure. And so uh, here we are with the, the medical midwives in Rhode Island. And so they're kind of telling me medical midwives are this awesome option because we have our foot in the door at the hospital mm. and we've got our foot at home. So we can make easy, smooth transition to hospital if needed. And we've got a couple agreements with hospitals in Rhode Island where they will let us take over your care. Mm. So they're, you know, and I'm kind of like, okay, hmm, okay. And I'm good. And we go through probably, I'm just going to sort of guess like week 14 to almost 28 or 30, I'm with the medical midwives and I've kept, like, I've done a, a ultrasound, uh, first one, and then they asked me to do a level two ultrasound because I'm at, I was 38 when I was pregnant. Mm. So uh, they asked me to do the, what do they call it? It's like the craziest name, like um, geriatric. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know if that's the word, but it's like the word they put on you when you're older. Yes, they will label a pregnancy. I believe it's 35 yeah. and above yeah. geriatric. So then yep. you got to go for a level two. Is that what level two is for? Is that, is that what that means? Like level two is like, a hundred, a hundred plus different photos they take, uh, mm. ultrasound photos that they take really ruling out a whole variety of possible problems. Mm. So mm, okay. I do one of those babies and, um, I'm like, okay, that was just uh, long. And then I'm told I have a low lying placenta and so there's some concern and they're like kind of monitoring this and monitoring things as we go along. And then I bring my friend Karen because I'm like, okay, I want Karen. You know, Karen also sat back and was like, you haven't asked me to be at your birth yet. Uh. And I'm still kind of like, <laughs> I don't have an ideal. I don't have a vision. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm just really, I feel behind. I feel like my vision is kind of pushing me instead of pulling me because I hadn't fully created it, mm. but it's kind of nudging me along. And eventually Karen and I have the conversation and then she says, okay, oh my God. And I say, sure, be at my birth. I'd love that. And she's like, oh my God, I, you know, uh, I had to like refrain myself from throwing myself 
upon you. <laughs> you know, and I was like, I'm sorry. I'm just like kind of slow. I felt kind of slow to the process. But um, so she decides to come along with me to an appointment with my new midwives. And at this appointment, they tell me um, my I'm, I'm measuring small and they're concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Karen's coming in for the first time meeting the midwives and there was a, a number of them and they rotated, but, but likewise, you know, so I could get to know everybody. And, uh, they tell me I'm measuring small and I'm like, okay. And then they say, we'd like you to do another level two and at the facility, which we prefer. And I'm like, okay, that facility is an hour drive. I didn't have a great experience. So right now, it's kind of setting in with me like, oh, gosh, you guys are putting me through the ringer here, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, and Karen kind of is quiet during the appointment. And then as we get out into the car, she is like, how are you? Mm-hmm. How was that for you? Because she internally, she's having a big problem with their approach and the way they're speaking to me and the dynamic. She even said something like, that couch is so uncomfortable. They didn't offer you any water. And why are they sitting so far away? Like she Mm -hmm. just did come with her own like view of the proper way to be with a a woman who's, you know, the proper way to do this. And she had worked with medical midwives. So she had this experience, but she felt like, I was not being well served. And I, I remember one of the most uh, kind of the, the thing that was said to me that I was like, no, we don't, this isn't me. And what was said by the midwife, as I'm kind of like huffing and hawing, like, dude, Sarah's like another <laughs> one of those things. Oh, um, she's like, well, we want you to feel comfortable that uh, everything's okay. And I'm like, mm. here it is right here. Yeah, That's the sticker. And then because I'm coming into myself as a woman good, about to give birth, I hadn't had a previous vision. I hadn't really created one that I fully believed in. But that statement was like, that's not aligning with my value system. I wish for you to trust all is well. And if I'm asking for assurance, then provide me with evidence. I don't view it this way. You're, I felt like they were imposing fear on me, you know, and just problems. And I'm trying to be like, dude. So that was the sticking point. And in the car, Karen was like, oh, no. <laughs> and he, mind you, we had already paid in full for this. Mm. And so here we're at a point where Karen's now like, uh, once again, not trying to influence me, but just so lovingly holding for me this vision that I hadn't yet even known was possible. And then I think uh, enter your podcast, which I, I don't know which week I started listening, but I started binge listening at some point. And when you guys talked about These Are My Hours, the uh-huh. the movie, yeah. and then I think it's Matthew you interviewed uh, Anyway, I listened to your interview. I listened to the the episode. And I, that same day, watched the movie. And Mm -hmm. I sat there like, this is a huge piece to my vision. 
And so my vision is being created as I'm going along. But that to watch a woman birthing basically her own child, it was so amazing because it's like, this is a paradigm I've never known. And now I've seen it. And again, it awakened something in me that was there. And so I'm sitting there like, you know, I'm bawling in tears and then trying to show my husband like, you you know, and he's kind of like, he's still at a distance and he kind of stayed at this distance throughout my pregnancy and even my birth. Um, and as I went back into my birth photos, which aren't that they're not at all epic, they're kind of, <laughs> I didn't focus on that uh, this time around, but you see this one picture of me in the tub and I'm laboring in the tub and my husband's kind of like this awkward distance, like, uh, should I like put my hand on your back? And it's just like, oh, <laughs> uh, and, um, you know, and, and, you know, that's kind of another episode of like healing mm. the expectation of how your husband should show up. And eventually I did, I did along the way, just decide you show up how you're ready and willing. Um, That's powerful. And, and I, and I, yeah, I did get to that point. Um, and yeah, and luckily birthday, you know, he showed up very strong in the way he could. And um, the women who were holding my container, they respected that. And mm -hmm. I appreciated that. So, um, so yeah, there we are, like these medical midwives, they're not, there, it's not working out. Mm -hmm. It's not. And my doula, Karen, uh, had known of a woman, um, Nancy Wayner, who lives in another state. Um, but she's actually responsible for the term VBAC. She coined the term and she has been like, pioneered that whole possibility um, for women to have vaginal birth after C-section. So she's coined that term and Karen's daughters, two of her daughters birthed babies with Nancy. Mm. So Karen saying, yo, I kind of know much better. I know the best. And yeah. I'm like, okay. So how much is that? <laughs> right. You know, I'm like, and I'm at week 28 or something. And I'm like, okay. So that same day we had a terrible experience. Karen, who's just like, I, she's 70 or something and she's so energetic. She's like, I think Nancy has an open house today, you know, an hour and a half drive from here. And I'm like, okay, um, <laughs> let's go. Um, so we, we go and actually we go to the wrong address. We go to like her old house and she's not there and it's not happening. She's at a birth. But like that day I had been again, open to that possibility it didn't actually come to be that day, but instead of calling it like a wasted three-hour drive, I said internally, like, good job, Angela. Um, that was a decision to be open to that other thing. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And so then um, we do set up an appointment with Nancy, but Nancy has a long conversation with me. And after I bring her up to speed with kind of where we're leaving the the midwife, you know, the medical midwife experience, she's just really horrified. And she's like, Oh dear God, you know, <laughs> almost like I'm like a stray dog. She's like, please come to the shelter, <laughs> you know, please come. We'll take you in. And, uh, I had set up my appointment with her. It's like an hour and a half drive, but who, okay. Uh, Karen comes with me and there we are. 
we, we enter her home. I get the massive hug from the mm. sweet little kind of shorter lady, sweet mama bear hug. I'm like, first told, please use the bathroom. You've had a long drive. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now come into the sitting room. What would you like to drink? We've got coconut water. We've got water. We've got tea. And here's some clementines and whatever almonds on the table. Please relax. Are you comfortable? Can we get a pillow behind you? And I've got two of her student midwives doting all over me. And I'm like, okay, this is really sweet. And then, (laughs) you know, they do an intake kind of thing with me. And again, the the moment that Nancy says, "My, my bottom line to work with anyone is that we have to love each other. Wow. And I'm sitting there like, that's cool. Thank God. You know, because mm-hmm. in, inside me, I'm like, I'm a care bearer and this world is like care bears, you know? And I'm like, I met my care bearer midwife, you know? <laughs> like, here we are. Yeah. And so from week 28, you know, she saw, we, we set up as many appointments as we could. And my low lying placenta, the amazing thing with Nancy is that. Uh, you know, she takes you into this room and then does like a kind of exam, but she's so gentle and you pick out your blankets. Okay. That like her niece has sewn mm. and it's like, okay, <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> and then she felt, she just placed her hands in my like lower uterus and said, oh no, I don't, you know, I feel the head of the baby, which means your placenta has moved up we you're fine. Mm. And I'm like, okay, this is where it's at. Like hands on my body um, wisdom, (laughs) you know, I'm like real hands and wisdom and trust. I'm here. I'm, I'm happy. I'm home, you know, I'm home. And, uh, we find out later though, that she cannot facilitate a home birth in my state because they only allow medical midwives. Okay. And so now I don't know where I'm giving birth and I still didn't know where, how I was going to pay for that birth until my parents were like, and because her, her cost was double the other one. And then my parents were like, and we just got some money from this thing and we're giving you brother and, and here's the money. That's so cool. It's okay. showing up. So just showing up it's for you. showing up. And so, you know, takeaway was like, okay. You know, I, I recently heard someone saying like, kind of, there's a fault sometimes when we're, when we're planning is we don't plan for our success. We don't go that far ahead. We're like, just thinking like very small, you know, and I'm like, first I'm thinking I'm pregnant and I'm just like, so like turtle style on my like unfoldment, but I was doing the best that I could. But now like my experience just really showed me go out ahead of the whole thing and like create your ideal, right. You know, really just allow yourself to have it. And so I just felt like it like again, I felt like I was kind of pushed by my vision because I wasn't really <laughs> awake, but it still pushed. I still got me there. Mm-hmm. But now I just like this experience I had, just arriving at the ideal um, provider, uh, just showed me. It taught me how to to first envision it, mm-hmm. um, and know that within me I know, and so. Anyway, I get pushed along. I arrive at Nancy's door and there I am. And we don't know where I'm giving birth. So I'm like looking for Airbnbs and she has a couple ideas. And then in the end, she says, you can always birth at my house if we don't come up with anything else. And 
in the end, that's what we did Mm. is I birthed at her home. And, um, yeah. So that brings me to birthday. Did I miss anything? (laughs) I think you were amazing. Let's, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're jumping into that birthday. Okay. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Okay, Angela, walk us through this birth experience. Okay, so I actually, I, t- I remember I taught yoga on my due date. Um, nice. And, and Nancy had told me like due dates, whatever, yeah. dates, you know, <laughs> so she was just a lot re- more relaxed. And, and then the day I taught yoga, so we're November 14th and 2018. And then one of my students says it's supposed to snow tomorrow. So be aware, could stir some stuff up, <laughs> you know? And so the next day, I do my day. I remember sending my invoice at like for my job at like almost 10 p.m. And it is snowing. And I think I, I remember that day or the day before just being in line uh, at Marshall's with like my uh, bed liner sheets, <laughs> you know, waterproof whatever sheets and yeah. the things I'm supposed to bring. Because instead of, you know, having things at home, I had a few things to bring to Nancy's house to be prepared. So I just remember being in line and being like, oh, whoa, okay. But when about my day finished that Thursday, it was, and there I am like, ooh. And then my husband sees me and he's like, we got to go. And here I am like, no, honey, I was told. You know, because I listened to so many of your episodes and just mm-hmm. watched, you know, I the, these are my hours. And then who's the lady? Oh, I forget. Uh, anyway, watched lots of things where it was like, you know, just wait till you can't even stand it mm. or something, you know, to that effect. And so I'm like, I don't know, playing it cool, but not really playing it cool. I think I was like belly down on my bed. I didn't look cool at all, but I was kind of playing it cool mentally, Mm -hmm. but I was not. And then, but the thing was my husband had this like really important immigration appointment. And I think I actually had an appointment with Nancy on the next day and, or Saturday or something. And, um, I'm like, honey, we have to go to your immigration appointment tomorrow. Like we hadn't gotten his visa we're waiting and we heard so we made this appointment and he's like no we're gonna go and so we kind of fought it and then I and then I was talking with Nancy and she just said you know she said the word something like you could be here and then you're here 
And then you don't have to have some kind of crazy drive where you're in the middle, you know, and just, you know, when things lock in, you're like, let's. And so I'm like, yeah, let's go. So my husband, it's like the biggest snowstorm of the entire winter happened on that November 15th. So he's got the car pulled out into the road. I mean, he looked, he was going into this amazing mode of like, you know, he's like, this is my moment, you know, and yeah. doing it. Right. And then I call my Go doula Crispin. and Crispin's rocking it. The African who's about to drive in the worst snow thing he'd ever done. Wow. We do not really have a snow car. So he's, he's just ready somehow. And then we call the doula Karen and she, you know, she's blind in one eye, never drives at night or in bad weather. And she's like, I'm coming. Oh my God. And so she, she <laughs> wow. makes this funny point where she's like, I never drive in bad weather or at night as much as I can avoid except for births. Right. So, so here we are, this like two car caravan and like we pull on the highway and we get stuck in about two minutes of being like not even close to there. And we get pulled out by this like electrician guy and then we go along. So the drive itself is a major part of this story because my husband, you know, the reason I knew he was focused is we had the worst radio station on. I just remember like something he would never accept normally. And he never even moved his hands or his eyes and cars were off the road left and right. And we were like, Oh my God. And I'm like hand on the, you know, what is that? Oh crap bar. Yeah. <laughs> just doing my whatever as I'm dealing with all the contractions. So we take a normal one and a half hour drive is something like two and a half hours. Cause we went 30 miles an hour <sighs> on the major wow. 95 highway, you know, up through near Boston. So the roads never got better anyway, but we made it. Okay. We make it. We make it. Karen got lost at one point. She followed a different car to an exit and, but she got back. So that drive was just part of like, I think it was when my husband was having his birth, you know, he literally birthed something. Yeah. That was Um, his time. (laughs) You know, that was his like huge contribution. And, um, we made it, we settled into Nancy's. Um, and I just remember her saying, let's try to get some sleep. Okay. And we have a photo of me sitting up in the bed with my head, like resting in a full basket of towels and blankets and stuff. And just like, I'll try to sleep sitting up with my head sort of resting, Mm. you know? And I'm like, yeah, sure guys, go ahead. You know? And so not much sleep and, oh my gosh, I'm just remembering though, that when the contractions came through, I haven't remembered this in a long time that I was thinking of each person in my family and like spelling their name or something as if I'm telling the baby here, all of your family you're going to meet. That's kind of how I got through all the, all all the sensations until 5am when I was like, and I'm done pretending to sleep. Mm. Okay. And Karen was sleeping on the couch and she shot right up like, okay, we're in action. And you know, we just start, she just starts giving me options, talking me through very gentle, but you know, would you, so here I get options. Would you like something to eat? Would you like to take a walk? And we're, we're in an apartment complex actually. And, um, Nancy has this amazing tub that's perfect for birth. So anyway, that was great, but we're in this apartment building. So I go down the hallway for a walk 
and like turn the corner and puke, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, I got to puke. And that, you know, that just happened in the hallway of this nice rug. And, um, but that was like, okay, I know this means stuff is happening, yeah. you know, probably could, from one of your episodes, just knowing like, okay. Um, and, but, you know, we, we come back in and then I started to labor in the tub for a while. Um, but to set the scene, I had Nancy, the main midwife. I had my, my friend and, you know, doula Karen and the two midwife students were there as well as another midwife came and my husband was there. So from about 5.30 in the morning until I birthed at 12.22 noon, it was just me moving through this apartment, like, just however I felt like it, you know, and just Karen kind of giving me options. And so I birthed in the tub for, I'm sorry, I labored in the tub for a while. I was on the toilet, you know, for a while, you know, Mm -hmm. or I just walked around, um, but that was like the main thing was I had full run of the roost there and these women, and it was kind of like, again, my ideal that I didn't know existed <laughs> was like kind of like an African cultural thing where the women, I don't know, there's a fire, it's mm. like dawn and there's women and they're probably singing and they're probably just like, you know, praying to the gods and the birth and the thing. Yeah. And like, it's very primal. It's very um, just goddess, divine, primal, sacred. And I had a kind of modern version of that where women were having tea. And I could, even though I didn't see them, I could feel Nancy was holding this container for me because she kept coming and checking on me. But really, Karen and I like went through this birth cave and we came out the other side together, the two of us really. Um, And like, the students would circle in and sometimes, you know, just kind of listen for heartbeat. And, um, but I was never checked for ovulation. Nobody ever checked me ever. Uh, Mm. I just moved through this thing, moved around, changed positions until Karen had said, what about on the bed? And I was like, okay, whatever, you know, sure. Why not? And so as I get to the bed, I see the toilet of the other bathroom and I'm like, I kind of like the toilet, like, and I end up sitting on it and then I end up like changing my position. They put, they had put the toilet seat down and a pillow over it. And somehow I'm squatting, somehow I'm over it. Uh, but there was a turning point in that bathroom. Mm. And, uh, and again, I think they, they, they just so respectfully would come in and check for baby's heart rate, but they would just wait for the moments where I, you know, they got my permission. Um, and then I do remember, <laughs> um, doing almost like, cause that's how I was. I was kind of kneeling with my head on a pillow, facing the toilet, kind of hugging the toilet. And I remember almost just starting to do almost like a cat cow hmm. thing. And there was a shift and then, you know, this is 18 months ago, so I'm doing my best. But then I just remember kind of like this cat cow shift, this ring of fire thinking, holy fuck, you know, yeah, the head. And I keep moving this kind of cat cow thing and she slid right out onto the floor. Wow. Um, yeah. She slid out so smooth and 
I was right there. And it wasn't so much like, these are my hours. I pulled her head out and it was an epic thing. I can't remember. <laughs> it's like, but I, um, but I did just move. And again, kind of when you, when, when you're feeling the sensation, I didn't have a video, but people kind of described it. Like I birthed her myself that way. Mm. Um, they just caught her with a towel and, um, and my, you know, I do remember kind of the laugh cry, like, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then looking down and being like, why am I wearing these like wool slippers with a suede? Okay. Whatever. <laughs> like just these moments of like, okay, I'm wearing these. Um, this is not the thing to wear during birth, but okay. Uh, and, and then remembering that she was so close to me because actually, um, the umbilical cord was so short Okay. and it was really thick, which they were like, that's very healthy. But it was like, she was so close. I couldn't you know, um, I couldn't really move. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do much. She was, so we, we stayed there, you know, a while for her to get all, you know, the nutrients and all of that. And, um, and then, and then my husband didn't want to cut the cord, which was fine. Again, I had already like just given him full permission to be himself. And so one of the students cut the cord and then we were waiting for me to birth the placenta and I wasn't birthing it. And we waited, waited, and it wasn't coming. And, um, you know, my husband, <laughs> the uh, undesired janitor was like, I don't want to see that one, you know, like, <laughs> no, thank you on that one. And so it's just funny because I remember that him kind of just like sort of moving away. Like, okay, this is where I'm going to go get a muffin, you know? Um, <laughs> and um, it didn't come. And so they asked me to try a couple positions and the midwives were so kind. I remember I was like, do you want me to squat on the bed? They're like, you can still squat. Are you okay? I mean, <sighs> we don't want to hurt, you know? And um, they gave me two different tinctures, which I don't know exactly what they were. And the second one did it. Mm. And then I, I birthed the placenta. And then, um, so by 1222, uh, Justine was born. And then I don't know how long it took, maybe 20 minutes or 30 minutes or longer for the placenta to come, but it came thankfully. And then all I know is they did some pretty thing and making the thing a hard on it with like mm. the umbilical cord. And then it ended up as a photograph somebody sent me and my husband saw it, you know, it was like, darn it. I was trying to avoid that. And like, there it is. There's a, <laughs> you know, like Merry Christmas. Um, yeah. So then wow. we got to stay overnight at Nancy's. Like it ended up being almost like this bed and breakfast setup because we, we birthed, um, we stayed there for the, for the night and she cooked us meals. Um, and the next day or in the afternoon, we, we headed home. Yeah. That's amazing. And it was Nancy's birthday, right? Yay. Okay. Oh my, gosh. oh my God. So Nancy's birthday is the same as Justine's. And then her, you know, it's called birthday midwifery, her business. <laughs> I was so like, cool. okay. Love that synchronicity. Yeah. Yeah. And we did, um, we did celebrate Justine's first birthday in the same town. We were going to actually stay at Nancy's house for her birthday. Cause she does that. She's like, come stay with me, come visit me. Aww. 
um, for Justine's birthday, come be with me and we'll celebrate. But she had somebody possibly birthing at her home. So we stayed at a hotel nearby and we, we went to see Nancy on both of their birthdays. Um, so it's so special. So, so intimate. Yeah. That's a really so ideal bond to have. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What? Thank you for listening. What a story, <laughs> Angela. <laughs> That was great. So many beautiful elements to it. I know there's so much to gain from it, right? Whether it's really sweet laughs, because I feel like the way that you relate your story, there are many elements to it that I'm sure some of us could connect with, whether in our own births or you just, you know enough about birth and the dynamics and the people involved that some things come up and some things go this Mm -hmm. way. So there's that to it. There's also just your, you know, your honest sharing and how you processed. I really, really love the element of leaning into and allowing your vision to kind of come full and then you, you owning that and that it's okay for those mamas who might be at a certain stage, if that isn't happening for you yet, you know, like, cause you were kind of yeah. saying it wasn't fully flushed out yet for you. And so no. for those who are listening, who can, who might find themselves in that place, you know, to, to trust and that it, it can come into its own and you can connect with it in your own time in the way that works best for you, for baby, for the whole experience. So I really, really like that piece. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I always said plan A is accept everything because I was so aware (laughs) listening to so many stories was it's like the humility you want to hold for what's awaiting you that and it's that tricky part of being a human being where, you know, you know, it's said we're spiritual beings having a human experience Mm -hmm. and we kind of tap into our power, but then we don't want to, we want to stay humble and we want to respect all the women who had experiences that didn't feel like their ideal. Sure. But somehow it was, if they're willing to see it. Or, but I did. I just have so much respect and sensitivity to not just say, "Oh, you know, just sit down and write your vision and your goals." Uh, but for me, it was like I am growing into knowing yeah. my true power of like create, co-creating, and I, I've used it with Justine when she was born with a birthmark, and so. Um, like a hermangioma over her eye. Mm. And at some point it got to its biggest when she was about five months old. And I did, I went within and I was like, okay, how would I ideally handle this? And what I saw was I would go into the forest and find a medicine man and he would bless my baby. And, um, and then it's like, okay, that's the ideal. But then it ended up being that I consulted a friend of mine who is a doctor who's in my spiritual community who just came back from Brazilian Amazon, you know, forest chakra clearing. Of course. And it was the, and so on Zoom, we do kind of my ideal. And so that's what I've been learning is like, if I go within and I see what I'd really like, it comes out, it doesn't look the same because, (laughs) but I, so that's what I'm playing with. I'll just say it that way. I'm playing with now learning from my birth experience to go within and find what's already in there and like, what is it, Angela? But there's just this like courage it takes to not put the other limiting factors of life on top of it. It's like, okay, pause 2020. What would it look like? What would I want it to feel like and be like? And then, okay, press play. Mm. <laughs> um, and then it looks different, but it's it's similar. And so I'm playing with it from my birth and, and wishing to have a second birth. It's I'm feeling it. 
um, you know, then it's like the fear that it won't be this good, Mm -hmm. but then it's like, okay, thank you. Let's bring this on. Yeah. Um, (laughs) totally. We always get to work with that. Yeah. That's Amazing. Thank That's you, so Angela. Awesome. Special Thank thanks you guys. to Justine and Crispin and Nancy and Karen, down. all of the yeah. players of Aww. this story. So thank you to all of you. Well, oh, thank you guys. Blessing all that you're doing. Your your podcast really, really supported me. And I know it's doing that for so many. Thank you so much. Quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved? Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higg. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Datages. That's D A D A G E S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.